fear not, for I have overcome the world. You will have tribulation, but be of good courage. Thank you, Father. He is in the process of overcoming the world. Every day in our lives, he is in the process of overcoming the world. We see in scripture that it took one day for the Lord to get the people out from Egypt. It took one glorious day. It took 40 years to get the Egypt out of the people. <laughs> but through those 40 years, through our lifetime, through our journeys, Yeshua is speaking across the windows of time, even to today, and saying, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good courage. For I have overcome the world. You see, when we come out of Egypt, it does happen in a day. Like our, like our salvation. We know that the, 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 the redemption from Egypt is like our redemption from slavery into the kingdom. We know that the Passover lamb that was put on the doorpost is Yeshua himself that saved the houses of those who put the blood on that doorpost. So when they come out of Egypt, that represents our salvation in Messiah. We know that. But when we come out of Egypt, there are things from Egypt that we happen to bring with us from Egypt. And I ain't talking about the jewelry that the children of Israel plundered from the Egyptians, because that was used to build the tabernacle. And there's revelation in that, that the things that were brought out of Egypt, that brought out from the time of our slavery, brought out from the time that we really don't want to remember, those things that were brought out actually were helped build the tabernacle, which is representation of us. But aside from that, there are things when we come out of Egypt that we bring with us. And Adonai is in the process of removing those things from us, and it will take a 40-year journey in the wilderness for it to fully be completed. And he is faithful to do it, little by little, moment by moment, glory by glory. All these things that we take from Egypt, that Egypt has put on us. False lies that have been spoken to us, spoken to us, spoken over us while we were in Egypt. We are delivered from Egypt, we march out. We have our redemption, we have our salvation. He is our deliverer. And then we work this thing out over the course of our lives. I said last week, if the whole, if the whole point of the salvation was just to get, about, get us out of Egypt, he would save us and kill us. But we're still here. Because he is in the process of getting Egypt out of us fully. And all the labels that Egypt has put on us the lies, the labels, the falsehoods that have been planted over us. 
he is in the process of breaking one at a time. Because Egypt, which is, which is always representation of where we came out of. Egypt always represents where we came out of. And when we put the lamb's blood on the doorpost, it's Yeshua and it's where he's taking us to, which is in the kingdom, which is here today. But we all have this Egypt inside of us what, that we came out of. And there's a little bit of baggage. You know, where he, he, this, he said, get out quick. He said, when you come out of Egypt, you got to eat in haste. That's why we have matzah, didn't have time to rise. He said, get out of there quick. But the children of Israel were stubborn people. So we start packing our bags. He didn't tell us to pack any bags. He says to get the heck out. Quick, hasty, eat in haste and go. But here we are, oh, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna take this. So we come out of Egypt and we have bags. <laughs> we got baggage. <sighs> so we come out of Egypt with this baggage and Adonai is in the process of removing that baggage from us. Amen. Removing the Egypt from us. Removing the names that you were called. These labels, I'm this, I'm that. I'm to this, I'm to that. I'm stupid, I'm attractive, I'm whatever it is. These are false labels that came with you from Egypt. And now it is in the process of removing Egypt from you. And the names that he gave you, that, that he gave you, that the world gave you, that Egypt gave you, is in the process of being replaced with a name. Even the name that your parents gave you is part of the what Egypt has put on you. Sorry, mom and dad, but what you named your child, Adonai has a greater name that he is moving your children into. So name him whatever you want. There is a name that is greater than that that Adonai is moving you into to remove little, these names and labels that have been placed on you falsely to remove lies that we brought with us and believed. He is in the process of removing those things. When Adonai renamed Jacob to Israel, that was the foreshadow, that was the, the, the fourth, the, the, the first, that shows that everybody that is called into Israel, that are God's people, go through a name change. When Jacob was renamed Israel, one of these days I'm going to figure out how to go to that PowerPoint and actually use it. So I, with some of my head, I can just show you. Because I have some, do we have somewhere in what was shown like the Hebrew word for Israel? It's, it's got to be in there somewhere. In the literature. There it is. Right. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Father. He is in the process of, of bringing you to that name that he has established before the foundations of the world, which is how he sees you, not how Egypt sees you. But we, when we come out of Egypt, we see ourselves as Egypt saw us, as Egypt named us. But that is a falsehood. That is a lie. And he's bringing us to a place where we will know our real name and he will speak it over us and declare it over us and we will become what he has, what he has named us from the beginning. 
Jacob was, what does the word Jacob mean? What, what does the word Jacob, Yaakov, what does it mean? Supplanter. That was the Egypt name. I hate to say it, but that was the name he was given in the world. And even he was judged by, wow, he's true to his name. He's a supplanter. But God called him Yisrael. And in that name, it means he wrestled with God and prevailed. And we know that. Yes, Yisrael means like wrestled with God and prevailed. And I believe when Adonai says in the New Testament, when Yeshua says, I have overcome the world, is a reference to the overcoming that Jacob experienced in that wrestling match. But within the name of Yisrael, there is Shinresh, which is Sar. Which is the Hebrew word for prince. It is the exact same Hebrew word that is spoken about Messiah. When it says his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Sar Shalom. So within the name of Israel, which all of us are called to be, which all of us are, there is Sar, which is the Prince of Peace, embedded within the name. And that is where he is growing us into, and that is where he's bringing us into. And it's a 40-year journey to do it. Mm. So forgive yourselves. And forgive others. When you realize that there's some stuff that you brought out with you. That you packed some bags and brought some baggage with you when you came out of Egypt. It's part of the process. Forgive yourself for that. And forgive others for that. It's part of the process. It says in scripture, Paul wrote in scripture that the things that happened in the wilderness are for our benefit. So we can read what happened and say, okay, I get it. That's what's happening to me. And the children of Israel did the same thing. They brought stuff out of Egypt. That's why they wanted to go back all the time. Because Egypt wasn't fully out of them yet. That's why every time they thirsted, they're like, let's just go back to Egypt. So when we do that, if we're wrestling with addictions and we're like, I'm going to go back there. Forgive yourself. It's part of the journey. When you see somebody else who just can't get it right, forgive. It's part of the journey. It's a 40-year journey to work this thing out. It's a 40-year journey to work Egypt out of us. In this world, we will have tribulation. But be of good courage, I have overcome the world. Why is it in that statement that he says he's overcome the world, but in the same statement he talks about tribulation and trials that we deal with and things that we deal with and conflict that we deal with. Adonai uses these things to work that Egypt out of us. These tribulations, that's why it says in this world you have tribulation, but fear not, I have overcome the world. It's these tribulations, it's these times of stretching. These times of trial, these times of, of conflict that we, that we go through. This is what Adam uses to kill a little bit more of Pharaoh's army within us. And put it 
that little Egyptian soldier within us into the obedience of Messiah. Thank you, Father. I was thinking this week and praying this week, and there was something that came to me this week, even before I even read the Torah portion. There's something I felt out of my speak to me about conflict. As humans, we don't like it. And maybe some people like it. If you're that case, I don't know what your problem is. I don't like it. And we try to avoid it. And if we're walking on our path and we see like conflict or coming up, the human response to conflict coming up is like, oh, I'm going to redirect my path. I'm going to go this way so I can avoid that. Or sometimes we hit a conflict, some sort of conflict in our lives, and we go through it, and then we come out on the other side of it, and we're like, whoa, that really stunk. I better regroup. I better re-strategize. In business, they have a post-mortem meeting. You ever have a post-mortem meeting in your own corporate job? Anyway, let's get together. Post-mortem time. Post-mortem. Why did we just hit this conflict? And what can we improve to not do it again? Huh. Right? And we do that. Like, okay, we just hit that. Boy, maybe we did something wrong. Maybe we're not an atomized will. Maybe that's why we hit this conflict. Sometimes, sometimes, Adonai is saying, no, the existence of conflict in your life does not mean you need to redirect. Sometimes the existence of conflict is proof positive that you need to move forward and go through it. And you're like, okay, I just, I just did this. I just went through this thing. Oh, Adonai, that was, was terrible. What, what, what did I do wrong? What can I do next time to make sure I don't go through that? And Adonai's saying, no, I brought that to you. Because when you go through it, it's a mikvah for you. It's a baptism for you. And as you go through it and come out on the other side, there's a little bit of Egypt that was left behind. And that's why I had to bring you through this. Life is not about avoiding conflict. It's not about seeking it. We don't seek it. But when we encounter it, sometimes it is the Lord's will for us to go through it and watch a little bit more of this Egypt that we took out when we were saved be left behind in the water and be baptized. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is a true statement. Last week we spoke about when we went in, he found us as slaves. And when the last plague happened, it says, and the army of the Lord came out of Egypt. And the word, the Hebrew word for army of the Lord is Tzvaot Adonai. It's the same Hebrew as when the Lord in, in the times of the prophet says Adonai Tzvaot, which is the Lord of hosts. It's the same Hebrew word when he speaks about the redeemed of the Lord that comes out of Egypt. He uses the same term that is used later in the prophets to say the Lord of hosts. Hosts, the same word, Sivaot. So who is the host that he is Lord of? It is you. Who is the host when it says the Lord of hosts? Yeah, it's this angelic whatever it is, but that is always a foreshadow of us. 
of what's going on here. So the host, when he says Lord of hosts, is you. He is the general of that army. He is a good general. And he knows how to redirect away from conflict if it is his will. And he knows how to put us right through it if it's his will for the water to part and for us to walk through it and for it to go on the other side and go over whatever it is that whatever part of us is going to be left and never picked up again. I rejoice when I hear those words that Adonai through Moses spoke to the people. He said, be still and watch the salvation, the Yeshua of the Lord. All you need to do is be still, and these Egyptians you fear, you will never see again. Yeah. That is where he is bringing us to. It's so funny, like Stephanie shared about it. When they, when they first came out of Egypt, they were going to go to the promised land, right? That's where they're going. So hallelujah, they come out, they're singing the song of Miriam. Miriam is singing, she's leading all the people. You know, they're singing the, some song, that all, the whole nation is singing the same song. How do they figure out what the words are of this song? Yeah. They just, they just came out and a whole nation is singing exactly the same song in exactly the same melody with exactly the same words. Where did, where did they get this from? They didn't need PowerPoint. That's a worship team that did not need any practice. Nice. They didn't need to get together on Wednesday night and go review the chords and the lyrics. Spontaneous question. <laughs> they just came out. The waters, part, the waters parted. The waters flooded over the Egyptians and they broke out in song and it was the exact same song that everybody sung. Yes. So they're marching out singing, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has broken us free. The horses and riders are gone. They have drowned in the sea. That's my beloved song. Right? Yes. <laughs> so they come out. So now it's like, okay, where are we going? We're going to the promised land, right? Ah, which way is the promised land? It's, I don't know. It's kind of like if we left here and we were no, we know we were going to like where Rabbi Peter and Lisa used to live. Okay, it's this way. Here we go. The Lord is my strength and my song. Right up for 146. Here we go. Right? But then all of a sudden the Lord goes, uh-uh-uh-uh. I want you to come this way. Right? Back up. Boop. Right? He has, his, he has them back up, and it specifically says that. If you ever looked at a map, like the way to go from where they came out of to where they were going to, it's like this way. It's like, okay, this is the way I gotta go. So that's where they were going, but then I says, no, 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 I needed to back them up. And this kills me, because there was like a war going on over here, right? The Philistines were over here, and if they, if they saw that, they would, they would get afraid, and they would return back to Egypt. Right? So he says, so there's a conflict that Adonai, in his divine providence, had them avoid. Right? So Adonai, the general, is the one who will bring us into a place where it's like, okay, I don't want you going there. And he'll bring us to a place where I need you to go through this. So they go to this place, and there was war there, or the Philistines, and, and, and it says, well, they didn't want to go there because they'd be faint of heart, they'd return back to Egypt. So where does he bring them to? He brings them to the to the Red Sea where there was no way out. He brings it to something that seems seemingly a lot harder. He goes, I'll tell you what, I don't want them going there because there's a battle there, but, but there's a way back to Egypt. 
I'm going to bring them to a place where they're going to go and there's going to be nothing but water in front of them. I'm going to want them to camp facing the water and I'm going to bring Egypt right behind them. Well, that seems a whole lot worse to me. It's like, I even want them to go there because they're going to lose heart. Okay, I'll bring them to here where they're going to be trapped between water and Pharaoh. Well, that's heartening. That makes a lot of sense. But Adonai has a plan that is far greater than our plans. And he is a capable general to have us avoid this and go through this. In fact, do we have the word Egypt somewhere up there? In Hebrew? Yeah. Go to that. This is the word for, 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 um, for, for Egypt. All right, here's a little Hebrew mind-blowing stuff, okay? We spoke about Israel, right, with, with the word Sar, Prince, within the word Egypt. So Messiah is embedded in the name that we were named to, that we were renamed. We got that, right? All right, so here's the name Egypt. Talk about a destiny, all right? In the name Egypt, Mitzrayim. Anybody hear that? That's the Hebrew name for Egypt, Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, in the beginning, is the M, Mem, mm, for Mitzrayim, and it ends in Im, okay? So here, this M, and then this Yud, and then M, Mem, is Mayim, okay? Wow. That's the word for water. Mayim, Alright, hang with me here, okay? Put some cold water on your head. Here we go. Some ice cubes. Mem. Yud Mem, Mayim, water. Embedded in Egypt's name is water split. Women? So what's in between Mem, Yud Mem, which is Mayim? You have this, Sar. That's the Hebrew word for enemy. So in the word Mitzrayim, which is Egypt, you have water that is split with the enemy in the middle of it. That's pretty sick, I think. And the crazy thing, I don't believe in God. Do you know where Egypt was named? Egypt was named like way back in the time of Noah, generations before this actually transpired. He was just some guy, you know, like Noah had sons and like uh, ham and ham and cheese or whatever their names were. Shem, ham and cheese. Japheth. Right? And then they had kids, and the others had kids, right? And then if you have this buildup of 70 nations, it winds up being 70 nations. Egypt, Mitzrayim, was just one of the kids. Right? Like Ham had this kid, and then this guy had Mitzrayim. So Mitzrayim was just some guy that was just wandering there in the desert, you know, found himself in modern day, you know, Northeast Africa, and said, oh, this is a good place. I think I'll dwell here and name it after me. Mitzrayim. Woohoo! Right? No idea that embedded in their name was a destiny. Right? And with that, we must understand this also in spirit. Because we all have this little bit of Egypt that we took out of Egypt. So that's why when Adonai breaks these things and he removes these things within us, it's a mikvah. It's an immersion of these things. Because that is also prophetic for the Egypt that's within us. That that enemy that's within us is going to go through waters, and in Adonai's perfect time, the waters are going to overflow that part of Egypt that's within us, and that part of it will be done with. 
Thank you, Father. So Adonai is faithful. He's faithful to have us go in to a certain conflict if he needs us to. And he's faithful to have us avoid it. Thank you, Adonai. Yes, and in this world, we will have tribulation. But fear not, I have overcome the world. So the things that you are going through, these trials that you are going through, just very well may be things that Adonai wants you to go through. So what's on the other side of it will be a bit of Egypt completely left behind, drowned, and never to be picked up again. And he will do this with you throughout your life. And thank God it's throughout your lives. What's the, what's the opposite? You're like, oh, that sounds like a lot. It's our whole life. We're never going to, you know, whatever. We're never going to be fully, you know, matured into Messiah, whatever that, whatever that is. Thank God it's our whole lives. And what's the opposite? We're like 30 and like we did everything and he's done with us. Right? It goes through this for our whole lives. Journey to journey. Glory to glory. When we see people journeying in the scriptures, you got to look at where they came from and you look at where they come to. Right? We went through this whole thing with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all their, their journeys. And then Abraham, he went from, you know, Bethel to Ai and from Ai to the Oaks of Mamre and all these kind of things. And each, each destination is a new, like, milestone in his life. And in, in, in him becoming who he is in the king. So we see the children of Israel, the first thing that it says as far as where they're going from and where they're going to is from Ramses to Sukkot. So we see that. We know Ramses was the name of Pharaoh. So Pharaoh represents Passover. So Passover to Sukkot. We see that, right? Right? So we have Passover to Sukkot. So Ramses to Sukkot is not just a location to a location. We should look at what those things mean. He's bringing us from the time when we, when we accept Messiah, when we receive his blood on our doorpost to Sukkot, when Messiah is tabernacling with us and in us fully. Yeah. That's where he's taking us from. That's where he's taking us to. And then they come out, and we have this experience with the water. And the first place they go to is a place where the water was bitter. Bitter waters. And they were thirsty. Right? I love the survival shows. I don't know how many of you love, like, Bear Grylls and, you know, uh, Survivor Man and Dual Survival. I love those shows. Right? There was one with a man and woman, man and woman wild. I think there's one naked one or something like that, like a, well, like, like surviving naked or something like that. I don't like that one. It's like the, it's like the TV producer said, okay, we need the survival shows are really cool. They get good ratings. What are we gonna do to get more list more watchers? Let's make them naked. <laughs> don't like that. But anyway, I love the survival shows. I learned in the survival shows that you can live a pretty long time without food. You go like a month or something like that, thirty days. How long without water? Like three days, and that's it. And it says in scripture, they went three days without water. And they're in the desert. You sweat a lot in the desert. You lose a lot more water. Three days without, I'm telling you, we read them and like, oh, they're just complaining because they're a little thirsty. They were on the verge of death. I am telling you, they went three days without water and they finally come to some place called Mara, which means bitter. And they try to taste the water. They couldn't even drink it. That breaks survival code. It's survival code 
From what I've learned from Bear Grylls, if you're, if you're on the verge of dying of thirst and you come up with some bitter water, drink it anyway. You may get sick later, but at least it'll keep you alive to get, to get uh, rescued. They couldn't even drink it. But even these things represent who we are and who they were at the time. And there were bitter waters at that time. When they first came out of Egypt, there was, there was bitterness. It was part of what came out of Egypt with them. So we relate to that. We're like, okay, we, we, we relate to that. So have mercy on each other. Have mercy on yourselves. They did it long before you did and before I did. But it's there for our, for our reading and for our growth and to know that Adonai is not done with us. And what was the next place? Again, where did they come from and where did they go? They went from this place with bitter waters that weren't drinkable by anybody. How thirsty they were. They went to a place called Elim. That was the next place where there are 70 springs, no, I'm sorry, 12 springs and 70 palm trees. Oh. And I don't know about you, but when I see number 12 in the Bible <coughs> and I see the number 70, it might mean something else mm -hmm. because those are pretty important numbers in the scriptures. And what spoke to me was that the 12 springs were like the 12 tribes of Israel. That's us. Springs. Just water coming from the ground. Water coming from the ground. Can't be stopped. What drinkable water. Nourishing 70 palm trees. We just spoke about this, this little boy Egypt that had this cool name, you know? In that time, in times of Noah, where there were 70 nations that came out of Noah. 70 nations. So now you have 12 springs nourishing 70 palm trees. That is Israel. 12 tribes of Israel. Hallelujah. water nourishing all the nations. So they came where they came from, where they're going to, where you're coming from, where you're going to. You come from a place of even, you're out of Egypt already, you're done, you're saved. Hallelujah. The blood of the Lamb is on my doorpost. But I got so much bitterness, nobody can drink from me. Even after that, he's bringing you a place where there are 12 springs, which is Israel, which is you, which is gonna be nourishment and water and food for 70, which is the nations. So that's where he's bringing you from, and that's where he's bringing you to. And he will do this through many things, including, but not limited to, these trials and these conflicts that he brings us to, and he knows when to have us back off. I'm reminded there was a time in Haiti um, I believe my King Paul was there too, where they were on a beach, and um, and Rabbi Peter was like, I think Andre, Rabbi Peter's son, went to uh, some place, and there was a, there was like a voodoo stronghold there or something like that, and you know Andre, right? Yeah, he's like, oh, cool man, I'm gonna go there and check it out, right? So um, so then Rabbi Peter is like, I'm gonna go get my kid, and all of a sudden he said that he felt like uh, like a like a force field, like and like Adonai was saying, don't go there. Don't go there. I haven't given that to you yet. I haven't given you authority over that yet. So that is when Adonai, the general of the army, may have us avoid conflict because he's the general and we listen to him and he will have us avoid. It's beautiful to know that these Philistines that they had to avoid because they weren't gonna go this way and Adonai said, no, back up, go that way. Those Philistines were ultimately conquered in the book of Joshua. Many years later, so Adonai's timing 
on all these things that we go through have their perfect, perfect timing for Adonai to conquer in you. And the day is coming, O redeemed of God, where he is going to say, these Egyptians that you fear, you will never see again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We love you, Adonai. Thank you, Adonai. We would have it no other way, Father. We would have it no other way. You have redeemed us from where we came from. You have redeemed us from Egypt. You've redeemed us from slavery, Adonai. And even though we have it still with us and you're working it out, we would have it no other way. Thank you, Father. We love you, Father. Thank you, Father.